This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules day smart metabolic burn by brain md can kickstart your metabolism fight stubborn body fat especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey right now save over 30 percent on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease. Welcome to Katie's Crib, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Katie's Crib. Today, we are unpacking maternal health for Black, Indigenous, and people of color. And we have the ultimate honor of welcoming Latham Thomas to the podcast. Latham is a maternity lifestyle maven. You guys, she is a world-renowned wellness leader and a master birth doula. She is the founder of Mama Glow, a premier maternity lifestyle brand committed to supporting women from fertility into motherhood. She was named one of Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul 100. She is bridging the gap between optimal wellness, spiritual growth, radical self-care. She is the go-to guru for modern holistic lifestyle for women. Oh, and she authored the best-selling book, Mama Glow, a hip guide to a fabulous and abundant pregnancy. I mean, come on, who doesn't want that? She's incredible. I learned so much from her. The conversation spans so many topics. Please enjoy my conversation with Latham Thomas. Latham, thank you so much for joining me on Katie's Crib. Katie, thank you for having me. It's so nice to see you. Like, 
um, not being a badass on television, but just like hanging out. <laughs> it, thank you. Oh my gosh. And the last time, if you watched Scandal, the last season, I was pregnant with my first. Yes. And now at the time of this recording, I am 35 weeks pregnant with my second. That's wild. Wild. So I have heard about you through so many different moms in New York. I had the pleasure of living in New York City when I was shooting um, the new Netflix series, Inventing Anna. And I was uh, meeting moms who were just like talking about you. And I was like, who is this glorious being that has been gifted to the motherhood maternity world? So you're a champion of badass birthing, which I love. And you're also a mom yourself. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself as a mom? And then can you talk to me about what inspired you to get into this line of work and eventually start Mama Glow? Yeah, so my son is 17. He's applying to colleges. Like I have friends right now who are applying to preschools and like kindergarten and I'm applying to college. So that's been interesting. But, you know, I feel like the same magnificence and brilliance and beauty of this process from when I was pregnant carries its way through those years, right? And 17 years later, I'm still in awe. I'm still looking over him when he sleeps as if he's not real. And um, that never goes away. And I thought that like one day I would get, I don't know, used to him. I haven't. And so I think like for all of us who are in this, who have little ones, just do not blink. It goes so fast. People say it goes fast and cherish it, but really do because you look up and you're like, how am I looking up to you? You used to fit inside of the crook of my arm, right? So it's quite fascinating. Um, And he's been there the whole time that I was, you know, iterating this business. So the idea for Mama Glow came when you were pregnant with him? Really, the rudiments of what will become Mama Glow sort of came in, like, I would say, a constellation of stars that had to connect. Now I look up, I'm like, oh, I see how everything's connected. But at the time, it was little nuggets of really sending me in the direction of where I should be going with the work. But during my pregnancy, I was living in New York City. I was living actually in Harlem and moved to Chelsea with my boyfriend at the time. And seven blocks away, there was this birth center. And the way it's set up, it's all about bodily autonomy. It's all about you having access to your records, your information. And so as I go in, you know, I'm taking my own temperature, I'm doing my weight check, and then I do my own urine strips and write down like what's in my urine. And I put that in my chart myself. I take my weight and then I go, wait, yes. And then you look at your records, you can take them whenever you want. It wasn't like this thing where you have to file this paperwork to then get your records like three months later. And it was like full autonomy in this process. Plus they made you do 21 hours of education before you delivered there. I have truly never heard of this, which is preposterous. Isn't that amazing? And as you're saying it, I'm like, oh, this sounds like a great option. Yes. And it doesn't exist anymore because they shut it down essentially two months after my son was born. This was the only freestanding birth center in New York City, which meant that you could deliver there independent of a hospital. They had a hospital partnership if there was um, an emergency where there needed to be a transfer. But it was an independent freestanding birthing center where midwives were running it. And it was amazing. And I remember the day that I went into labor, you know, I felt confident because I had this great relationship, but I also had the information that I needed to understand what my body was experiencing so that 
I was comfortable being at home. I was comfortable like taking my own process and, and really channeling my own internal resources to get through the experience. And so it was that that really sparked it for me. And when I got to the birth center, um, first of all, I was with my son's father, his godfather, and his grandfather. And they're like making me laugh, but also like stressing me out. Wow. <laughs> and, um, so we get to the place of birth and they, we walk in and they are like, yo, get her in the bed. You know, she's having a baby. Hurry, hurry. And the midwives for five minutes, silence. And they watch and they observe me in stillness. And they're just like, okay. They don't say anything. They just watch. And then five minutes later, like a couple cycles of contractions come in and they just kind of gently guide me to where I'm going to go to the um, birthing room. And the silence and the cadence and the shift of energy for the people who were there, like, you know, I just had a shift of energy, right? Like I just had a shift of energy. Just you, like, I'm just like, yeah, it's normal. It's safe. Like she's good. Right. Let's like, let her guide this process. And then I basically got in the the tub. Honestly, when it was time to push is when I had this transformative moment where I knew that afterwards that I would have to do this work. Um, At one point, my son's cord was kind of like wrapped around his shoulder a little bit, like a backpack strap. Uh And so as he was descending, it was kind of being compressed. And so his heart rate would decelerate. And I was in the tub thinking I was going to deliver in the water. And the midwives knew something was up. And so they're like, yeah, let's get you out of the um, tub and like, let's have you in the bed. Let's just squat and have the baby now. Super calm. Right. Uh But like it was time. And so I get in the bed and Katie, like, have you ever been in a place where you felt this energy so strong, like someone was staring at you and you look and you're like, okay, I'm about to ignite. Who is looking at me with that intensity? Like you can just feel yourself being observed. It was like that feeling of observation. And I look up and I see this like halo shaped like a horseshoe, like a U around me. It was like ancestors that were around me. Hmm. And I didn't recognize the look of them, but I just had this soul recognition that these were my people. And I looked up and I pointed and everybody remembers this. I pointed and I said, I want to go there. And I saw myself like kind of lift out of my body and go there. And I watched my son be born from that vantage point. And that's when I knew, yes, that's when I knew that, People have been keeping this wisdom from us. People have been like taking our power away from us, have been denying us this rite of passage Mm. that could be so transformative. Mm. And we don't even realize it because we're taught right away, like we have to endure hardship or we have to endure challenge or pain. If we could contextualize what this experience really is, like there is a place for pain management, absolutely. Like I would never take that away from anyone. But there is also an opportunity for us to like live into this experience and feel our way through and anchor ourselves for transformation, for the potential for becoming a bigger, better, different version of yourself. And so the ego shedding and the spiritual awakening that's available to us during labor, I think is so powerful. After that, I was like, oh yeah, like, Nobody could tell me shit. I was like, no, I'm like amazing what I could do with my body, right? But then also it was like, nobody told me it could be this. 
And you were like, yeah. oh my gosh, my mission is to tell women that this is what it can be like. And now 17 years later with having Mama Glow or 16 years later, you coach women through having, I'm assuming, a very autonomous, spiritual, beautiful birthing experience. How many, how, do you even know how many births you've attended? Yeah, it's been hundreds. Wow. Um, I used to do, I used to do like four a month. And I had a partner at the time. Whoa, so that's we used a to, lot. That's a lot. Used to ta- yeah, it's not to be done. No. We used to tag team and that's do four. Craziness. I know. It did not last, obviously. Yeah, no. Um, now I just do like one a year or something. Like I don't do that many now. But, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I'm here to support whatever experience people desire, right? And whatever experience is uh, showing up and is available to them. And that's not always what people imagine or hope for sometimes, but, but sometimes that is what they need. I'm here to help them contextualize it and process it and contain it in a way that they can remember it um, in a way where they felt empowered, regardless of the outcome, you know? That's so beautiful. That's important, right? So important. Absolutely. I also think there's so much fear and not knowing around labor and delivery. I was so scared. And I also had just had so many friends that had really traumatic experiences um, that they were still grappling with years later. And I just was like, my only goal is to have a good memory. I want to look back and say it was one of the best adventures of my life, you know, and I really feel strongly that I was able to do that. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, 
you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. For those unfamiliar, can you just share a little bit about how your company has been serving women during the pandemic? Yeah, so people can come and they can get support. They can get information, classes. Yeah, there's webinars, which we really started because of like COVID, right? So people could just feel like they weren't missing out on access to really good information. And because like we used to do a lot of live events in New York, it's like a way for us to just do them virtually, which has been great. We do some lives, which are really great on Instagram. But also, yeah, like the doula trainings we took online and we used to do those only in New York, LA, Miami, and Paris. And now they can join us from wherever they are. So we have even a bigger global community than we had before. And we support the doulas with professional development. We make sure that they connect with clients. I mean, it's a really great community. We were able to provide virtual doula support. So if people need um, support from afar, we can help provide that. We're able to provide physical support and that's for fertility, labor, and postpartum. And then also for folks who are like, you know, in the continuum of loss, you know, like um, October, for instance, is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month, right? And people are suffering in silence around loss and, and loss also includes, you know, abortion and, and sort of supporting people who are in situations where their bodies are under legislative attack. Right. And so I think it's important for doulas also to hold that line um, for reproductive justice and making sure that people have access and, and supports emotionally and psychologically wherever they are on the continuum. Whoa. Good Lord, I just got such goosebumps. I never even thought about what it means to be a doula right here, right now in this time Oof. when women's health care and, and reproductive health care is being so under attack. It's like, yeah, oh my God. Um, mm-hmm. Before COVID, I didn't even know there was really like a maternal mortality that is so disproportionate how it affects Black women and white women. I I didn't know. And again, Mm -hmm. like in terms of white people, me waking up during this time and unlearning and learning things that I should know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I was at a checkup and my doctor is Asian and she always knew it was bad because she's Mm -hmm. a doctor and she sees what she sees. But she was like, COVID has made this so much worse. And I was looking on your site. I think it was, was it a talk or it was a webinar specifically on this topic about our medical system, how the maternal uh, mortality affects Black women differently than white women. There are huge gaps that leave Black mothers exposed and can potentially even exacerbate their health risk. Yeah. Um, And I want to talk a little bit about that because I think you've been to so many births. You are a Black woman yourself. Can you just expand on this maternal health epidemic? Because the data is absolutely staggering. So like, I think in 2017-ish, there was uh, a couple seminal reports on the maternal health crisis in the U.S. that really focused on the Black maternal health 
as a critical piece of the story. And it was New York Times and ProPublica did a piece and then a lot of pieces started coming down. The interesting thing is that the Black maternal um, health rates as it relates to maternal mortality and morbidity have not changed for the better in the past 25 years. And, um, and it hasn't been the focus of our news, it hasn't been the focus of the feminist movement. And really, it's a human rights issue, right? So when we talk about this, we have to see it as something that is important to all of us mm-hmm. and that affects all of us. And we know that mothers are the crux of communities. And so, you know, when a mother dies, like it really destroys the architecture of our communities. And this is not just happening in Black communities. It's also happening to white women, but disproportionately it does occur for um, Black women and Native American women. And so when we're contextualizing this and, and talking about like, well, how is it that it's possible that it's this bad that like in a place like New York, you know, a, a Black person can be eight to 12 times more likely to die during childbirth than a, oh than a white woman, right? To have that be the stat. It's like, well, what is, what's making that possible? And there's so many things that factor in, but really it's racism that's like at its core in, the, in terms of medical racism and how people move through these systems where they experience neglect, where they experience this belief of being impervious to pain, basically not being treated humanely, waiting for an ab- abnormal amount of time in an emergency room for treatment, um, you know, not being administer pain medication in a timely manner, not having your needs met in a timely manner, basically having medical procedures performed on you without consent, also being underdiagnosed, misdiagnosed. Um, There's insurance apartheid where people are siloed by insurance type in terms of the types of services that they can get, but even the testing that they can actually get under their insurance. So there's so many things that create this, this barrier. And then there's also Things like um, maternity deserts where people don't live close enough to a hospital or provider. There's also the fact that there's uh, stressors, right? There's like chronic stress that really affects your health and chronic stress will destroy the architecture of our cells, right? And so when we talk about chronic stress, you have people where, um, for instance, if, if I was white and I graduated from high school, I would have better chances of survival and childbirth than a um, black woman who has a postdoctorate degree, right? Oh so God. she's actually worse off the more education she has. And if she has, um, you know, economic mobility, these things do not protect black women. And so we know it's based on um, racial factors. We know that it's not because we're black, but we know that blackness makes us a target. And we see this obviously in the Native American community too, and it's the same rates. Um, they're four to five times more likely to die as well. Oh, it's awful. Like this, this morbidity and mortality is preventable. It's absolutely appalling. It's shameful. Like the, the racial disparity within our healthcare system. I mean, I think it's interesting that when we talk about, you know, this reckoning that's happening in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And people are like, we're looking at every institutional framework, but then somehow it's like, no medicine. No, there, of course there's no medical racism. Of course there's no bias. Of course there is. It's like our medical system, particularly when we talk about gynecology, was advanced based on race, was advanced because of chattel slavery. You know, at the time, you know, we were first, in 1619, we were brought forcibly on these shores as African people. Not only did women come with the very incredible skills of navigating the pelvis and understanding how to deliver babies, 
some of which they had to deliver in the middle passage in boats okay, right on the way that. here, right? Yeah. And and then they got here and not only did they deliver each other's babies, they would deliver the, the babies of the mistresses. They would also take care of the mistresses and the master if there was no doctors around. I mean, they like did a lot, right, of, of caretaking and also had incredible um, sort of folk wisdom that they brought to their care. And with the consent of their um, masters, their bodies were experimented upon. Many of them were brought into slave hospitals where they have pathologies that were essentially um, diagnosed and treated for the health benefits of white women, right? So if we experiment on you, we can figure out a solution that's going to, you know, take care of those. Save a white woman or a white baby, sure. That's exactly right. And there was also this very delicate piece of really wanting to protect the asset, the female body was the asset because she could carry down the lineage. And because slavery continued um, on the maternal line, so whatever the status was of the mother, if the mother was enslaved, then her offspring would also be enslaved. And so they could protect their economic investment, right, that way. Because of this, right, like you have people who were in these hospitals who are credited as the fathers of gynecology. J. Marion Sims had a statue in New York that was taken down a few years ago. But this is someone who experimented on hundreds of black bodies without anesthesia, without consent, you know, raped, um, did all kinds of horrible things that's documented. And medicine advanced because of that. And so when we talk about where we are now, there's a reckoning that we need to have around the harms that were done that continuously have been done through today, because there's still things happening that are horrifying today. I mean, I'm sure that you saw this whole thing about, you know, the ice for cystorectomies, but we know that this has been happening for a very long time in this country. And so I think that, you know, having a framework where we really look at and, and really interrogate what is happening inside these systems is important. And yes, the medical system is fraught with um, white supremacy. There's, it's fraught with racism. And I think what people need to understand that white supremacy has many forms. It's not just racism. It is also sexism. It is also transphobia, homophobia, uh, fat phobia, ableism. And, um, and so it separates and creates a structure of dominance. Right. And in the medical system, the white male body is considered as normal. Right. Everything else is deviant. <laughs> right, right. right. You know, and that's evident in our testing, our, like everything. Like if there's something wrong with men, it gets fixed and it gets cured, right? right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> so can you just explain um, a little bit about some of the ways that people can get involved now in the fight for birth equity? Yeah, I mean, safety is like the thing that we need that's the most basic of human needs. And that's something that we need to um, protect and to really make sure is our focus so that I can actually ascend and have what I really call the birth trance, right? Like to be able to be in this altered state of consciousness, this high otherworldly place, um, like that's available to us too, you know? And I think that, you know, if we think about like what the outcome is that we desire, but also connect to what do we want kind of our legacy to look like as we look back and how do we heal forward? Mm. And when I think about like, you know, experiences that my grandmother had and like how she birthed and it didn't even sound humane, honestly, 
And then I think about how my mother birthed and how she changed and interrupted that, you know, pattern. And then how I birthed, which is continuing to like be on a path of healing. My sister who had three home births, you know, and one unassisted. Whoa. Yeah. In the tub. She was like, okay, like here it <laughs> is. over. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but, um, but even with stuff like that, it's right. Wow. It's possible, you know, to, to have a, a really um, beautiful experience. And it actually should be something that we fight for and not settle or, or make people feel like, you know, they should just suck it up or it should just get through it. Just, I know this is not, this is a birthday. This is a holy yeah. day and how you're born matters. Like how you come into this world matters, how you're born into motherhood and parenting matters and how important it is to make sure to protect people's safety and autonomy and, um, and, and bodily autonomy has to be number one because many of us, it's, I mean, we haven't had control over our bodies. Like, I mean, we're talking about generations that are just now having bodily autonomy who know about other generations who haven't. Like we, we talk to our relatives who have had forcible procedures without consent. So what we can do, right? Because we do know that there's an issue there's a couple things. Legislatively, we can act. There's a Maternal Health Monibus Act that was presented in the 116th Congress. It's still here to be um, essentially pushed through this year. And it contains um, many different pieces of legislation that address different issues, including um, incarcerated women, including creating better access to uh, midwifery and doula services. It includes uh, more strict reporting, you know, by institutions on their outcomes and essentially creating accountability inside the system. There's a lot of pieces um, that make up this legislation, but it was brought forth by the Black Maternal Health Caucus. Kamala Harris was one of the initial um, co-signers on this package of bills. So that's something that you could yeah, absolutely like start to push forward, keep talking about, you know, and, and talk to your uh, senators about we also have 2% of all midwives being Black women. In addition, I would say, like, when we're talking about midwifery and um, really helping because it's expensive for people to, to do midwifery training. And even if you become licensed and your practitioner doesn't mean you can practice in your state, it depends. Like, there's so many rules. Basically, because we built systems against midwifery in this country, right, to prioritize and and make sure that, um, you know, people would really bring their births to the hospitals. So it is really challenging for people to maintain a practice outside of the hospital. And so taking some of your money and putting it towards a scholarship program at some of the midwifery programs that center around BIPOC communities, contributing, whether it's donations, whether it's support to, um, you know, doula programs that are centering the voices of people of color and advancing those groups and also the perspectives that are centering marginalized people because it's not enough to, you know, like if everyone's sort of trained in this system of learning and hasn't looked outside at how it's not inclusive, then people are going out and working with that context and methodology, but not able to support the people who come. And so we really do need to like lift up the voices that are on the margins that are doing the work that are centering those voices. Also, you can sponsor people, you know, there might be people in your community who want to do a training, like 
similarly for people who need a doula, you can put a little fund together. Everybody pull their money yeah, in for them to get a doula. Idea. Yeah. A so there's lots idea. of things we can do. Yeah. Can I ask you, what's your hope or vision for the future of healthcare in this country as it relates to doulas? I think when it comes to creating these better, these safer spaces, I mean, I am interested in making sure that we build a different system that people can go into that is safe. But I also, I'm also more interested in us staying like outside here, building the future and what out of hospital birth and what that could look like. But because we've forced everyone into one sort of uh, system, right? Like a monoculture right. of, of right. you know, um, of medicine only and obstetrics and gynecology as the only way, mm. then you have people who, you know, are not good candidates for hospital that are birthing in the hospital and having poor birth outcomes. You're having people who should be at home or who should be in um, a, a birth center setting that would thrive in that kind of setting that would actually have the birth that they desire in that setting. So it's, it's about also revisioning for a future where we have adequate resources outside. We need yeah. to have options for women where they feel supported and feel like that is also possible when you labor, it's which I think a possible. lot of women don't. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? 
Well, it's got standard third row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Can you give me um, some advice on how expecting mothers can best advocate for themselves? Whatever path you're taking, learn all of the paths, right? What is it like to have a home birth? What is it like to have a hospital birth? What is it like to birth in a birth center? What are my options? Who are the people that are going to be there to support? Um, you know, advocating for and, and finding a, a doula that can support you, whether that's virtually or in person. There's a lot of people who are doing virtual support and it's not expensive. So even if you just want to have yep. learning with someone, yep. that's great, right? Yep. Yep. Um, then I would also add being able to read as much as you can, watch videos, ask questions, go to online courses, um, you know, so that you feel like you have the data to ask questions, you know, be an active participant in your care, you know, um, don't let this people so... talk down on you, but make yes. sure that you, you speak up when you can. And if you don't feel like you can in that moment, write down the thing and figure out like a response that you can then talk back later. Cause not always in the moment we feel, you feel like confident. you're prepared or confident. Yeah. So you could write down that thought, go back, back, research how to say how you want to say it. Yeah. Lastly is um, understand what informed consent really means, because I think we have a really great understanding of consent um, in spaces where we're talking about sexual um, violence or transgressions. And in the hospital space, a lot of trauma occurs and secondary trauma occurs. People have instances of what would be, if it wasn't in the medical setting, it would be categorized as sexual violence, right? And so we need to make sure that people understand that they are in charge of their bodies and that their bodies are a sacred site and that, they, that before anybody um, begins a procedure or a treatment, prior to doing so, they need to make sure they have your consent. And in order to do that, they have to explain the nature of the procedure. It has to be medically indicated. They have to tell you the risks, the benefits. And they have to tell you the alternatives and you need to intuit within yourself. Is this a good choice for me? And ask for time to talk to your birth team, ask for time to maybe call someone before you make a decision. And that really should be for like every single thing that comes. I'm weighing out my options for every single thing they bring to me, because otherwise if things are happening to you, which is mostly the case, right? People talk about, well, they did this to me. They did that to me. I don't really know why, right? Because it wasn't explained guess what? There can, there's no real accountability. Um, like if I was able to say, you know what, they explained this, I said no, and they did it anyway. Oof. That's a legal issue. But if, if it's like, if I cooperated, that's confused all the time with consent. Uh, they explained something to me, I felt coerced. That's also confused as consent. And it's not. Cooperation and coercion are not consent. And so just because you allowed for something to happen does not mean that you consented to it. And so a lot of people, especially even in our doula classes, are processing their own birth experiences as we go through this information and realizing that they didn't consent to things and that they were harmed and that they experienced what now they can locate as trauma. And so it's important for us to be able to like mitigate those moments and cut people off at the past and say, wait a minute, no, this doesn't feel right. I can't articulate why it doesn't feel right. But I'm going to stop you right there. I'm gonna, and you need to explain everything to me. Yeah, you know, I, I had, this is so, this is all so great. I think childbirth was probably my 
probably my biggest fear in my life. Mm -hmm. I was shown that horrifying miracle of birth video at 13 years old in some science class and watched a baby fly out of a vagina, not prepared for that, that day in class and just was scarred like entirely and got pregnant. And I had friends being like, watch birth videos on YouTube. There are women like orgasming during birth. Like you're going to be, it's going to be amazing. And I was like, I don't want to see it. I'm so scared. And then something switched where I was like, the only way I'm going to face this head on is by being a fucking badass and researching and knowing every single thing that could possibly happen to me in that room. Hence Katie's crib, you guys. But like, (laughs) I know so much shit and they made fun of me so much in my birth and labor because I asked so many fucking questions, like Mm -hmm. so many questions and would know what they were talking about. I just felt really empowered, strong, smart, um, in charge. I just felt very like, this is my experience. And it was really, honestly, and I think it was, it had a huge part of why I can look back and say that my first birth was the best day of my life. Before we end, I want to just talk about your wellness practice. I took a look at your glow pilots and the mentors and the partners for Mama Glow, which is amazing that there are so many forms of health and wellness that are represented on a team. There's Chinese herbalist, there's integrative pelvic physical therapists, which I have gone to and changed my life. There's energetic interior designers. I mean, it's amazing, you guys. So tell me about like that sort of uh, thing that uh, Mama Glow um, offers. Yeah, so I'm like from California, I'm from Oakland. So everything for me is like, I mean, I'm into all of this stuff, right? It's it's crystals, it's astrology, it's acupuncture, it's Reiki, like all these things are like have been a part of my life. And so and also have been part of my journey as a parent. And I feel like the healing arts are such a, a big piece of of how we stay grounded in this experience and certainly how I support myself as a um, practitioner. And so, yeah, so we have people who are part of our team as glow pilots who not only provide information, um, are people that we work with on a client basis that support our clients. We also have baby blessings and some of these people are part of that. That's awesome. Yeah, so it really depends. But but I would say that um, mainly it's for people to see that, yeah, it takes a village, right? It takes a village for us to like, you know, move through this, together and that we can all work together to, to help people achieve their best um, birth experience and also, you know, figure out how to like step into a new parenthood with confidence. And so, yeah, so we have all kinds of content. There's always like resource guides and oh, so, yeah, there's always good stuff for people to, to, to tap into. But certainly if you are looking for a doula, it's a really great place to go because we have people all over the country, all over the world, all six continents represented if you need somebody. Latham, right? Like you're like just changing the world. I can't thank you enough for taking the time. And I know that we went a a lot of different directions with this conversation, but you're such a wealth of knowledge that you've done this work for so long and you've worked so closely with pregnant women. Any last pieces of advice for mamas or soon to be mamas? Yeah, um, I think a final advice would be, I would um, remind people that right now, um, even though we're trying to sort of navigate some sense of normalcy, things are not normal. And it's really okay to live into what you're feeling uh, around the uncertainty and, and know that it's okay that things aren't okay. And what that does mean and what that does present as an opportunity is for us to kind of 
revision what our community can look like in a time like this? How do we strengthen our sister circle? How do we make sure people can show up for us? And for those of us who are, you know, on the fertility journey, what does it look like to, to create these supports for ourselves and, and networks and communities so we can stay in dialogue and, and not feel like we're alone on this journey? And then for those who are new parents, you know, who haven't been visited and haven't had folks dropping food off and making food for you or people to come over and hold the baby so you can freaking take a shower, like, what does it look like for you now to design a life, you know, that um, tries to anchor into what this new normal is? So I think it's really important for us to, to kind of mourn the loss of what we thought it could be and what we probably had planned for. And, and to, at the same time, you know, come up with a plan for how we're going to feel um, supported in this time. And we can reach out to those who we know who are in this like period and make sure they feel supported. Send them some food, send them a bouquet of flowers, like order some gift cards for them, get a group text going, um, get, a, get a Zoom call, have like a, a check-in at certain points of the day where you know your low points are happening, where somebody just calls you and, and spends some time with you. But Make sure you have those supports in place virtually and figure out how to move towards um, a way that is going to sustain you over these next couple of months until we can go back outside. <laughs> so beautiful, Latham. Thank you so much for coming on Katie's Crib. And you guys, you can follow Latham Thomas on Instagram at GlowMaven and her company's account is at MamaGlow. Oh, and their website with all of their incredible offerings is MamaGlow.com. And as Latham noted, please support the Black Maternal Health Momnibus Act of 2021. To get involved, you can reach out to your members of Congress, the House of Representatives, and the Senate to make your voice heard about why this issue matters to you. Coming up next week, you're not going to believe it. It is our last episode of season three. I cannot believe it. And I'm going to be talking with actress, boss lady, the chillest mom, no joke, the chillest mom I have ever met, Shay Mitchell. You don't want to miss it. Katie's Crib is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 